democracy and eventually reintegrate the United States into the global economy. U.S. officials, it turns out, were able to observe examples of industrial planning and regulation from countries as varied as Belgium, Czechoslovakia, Estonia, Iran, Turkey, and Uruguay. The Resettlement Administration, a federal agency that relocated struggling urban and rural families to new communities, followed rural development currents in Romania and Turkey. Electrification had become a central feature of Soviet planning before it was embraced by the United States. Models for the Wagner Act's chartering of industrial unions existed in Chile, Colombia, France, and Norway. And as the United States debated geopolitics in the mid-1930s, it could borrow neutrality policies from Austria, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, and Portugal. Soon after taking office, for example, the Roosevelt administration advanced major banking reforms, which are usually discussed in the context of the specific financial problems U.S. officials confronted at the time. Patel, in contrast, shows how these policy instruments were part of a global trend to reform banking systems that included state guarantees for depositors in France and preemptive measures in Denmark particularly in the 1930s banking legislation. The shift of financial authority away from Wall Street to Washington was matched by a move in Berlin from the financial center Unter den Linden to the political hearts on Wilhelmstrasse, and in Brazil from Rio de Janeiro to Sao Paulo. The various political systems observed each other, Patel notes, and such mutual awareness sometimes led to convergence. Think of how regimes as different as fascist Italy, Bolshevik Russia, and the New Deal United States resorted to the same architectural vernacular. As Patel puts it, making buildings from the era instantly recognizable in all those countries even today. Sometimes the borrowing was direct and deliberate. The economist Rexford Tugwell, a crucial member of Roosevelt's brain trust, traveled across Europe in 1934 to gain insight into various countries' agricultural policies. And the administration officials Louis Brownlow, Charles Merriam, and Luther Gulick were dispatched to Rome in 1935 to observe how Benito Mussolini had reorganized the Italian government and recommend lessons for a similar reshaping of public administration in the United States. Other studies were undertaken at a distance. As late as 1938, Patel writes, Roosevelt personally ordered a report on the Nazi Arbeitsdienst, labor service, and soon afterward the CCC even adopted certain technical and apolitical aspects of the Nazi agency. One of these is not like the others. As they tumble from page after page, these absorbing anecdotes generate larger questions. How does the chronology of the New Deal fit within the chronology of the broader global movement around it? How did policy borrowing relate to other aspects of globalization? And what does it say that vastly different regimes often adopted similar policies? Patel's book demonstrates that the New Deal shared more with processes in other parts of the world than is normally recognized. Just where one goes from there is less clear. Consider the relationships among global processes, state development, and regime type. 
During the Roosevelt years, the U.S. government grew just as it opened itself up to policy ideas from various sources and locations. Patel shows how a sovereign, liberal, democratic state was transformed, developing the capacity to regulate the economy and society and to project military and economic power abroad. This increasingly capable state, in turn, gained popular support and legitimacy by seeming to address the era's most important problems successfully, even as it remained a democracy. By differentiating itself from the authoritarianism running rampant elsewhere, in other words, the United States was able to simultaneously respond to a crisis, reinvigorate its liberal regime, and open itself up to the world. Only a few other states, such as Sweden, could claim to have pulled off the same trifecta. Patel does not do enough with this important aspect of the story, which is relevant to the contemporary era. He notes that...